Welcome back to the Tape Store, everyone. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And first off, uh, you know, we were sorry that... It's a little late. Well, it's a little late, but also, um, you know, that we had to skip a week. Yes. But at the same time, we're, you know, it's like sorry, not sorry, because we were celebrating our anniversary. We were. We were celebrating our anniversary, and uh, it, it was, you know... Our marriage is the is one of the most important things, uh, and mm-hmm. you know when you're married, it, it's after the honeymoon phase, which you know th- it is a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a, the honeymoon. When real life sets in, <laughs> and then children and stuff. So, but I mean, not just marriage, but this is going to sound like this is the beginning of some <laughs> some uh, relationship no, podcast. Yeah, but you have to maintain your. The things really, you love. Yeah. yeah, you have to maintain the things you love, not just marriages, but relationships, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we we went away and uh, went to our youth. Yeah, it was our first time away in a while, and um, it's been, a, as you know, we've told you guys before, it's been, a, it's been a pretty tough year as far as teaching is concerned, trying to jump back in the swing thing. So we've, we've had a lot of stress going on. So it was really, really great to have that time. Yeah, and we realized that um, we just didn't have time. Because uh, we were busy spending time together, and uh, we didn't want to throw something together um, haphazardly. Haphazardly, yeah. we and we had just we were having so much fun together that uh, we, we hadn't really put a lot of thought to to an episode and and prepared for it. So we, you know, I mean, I can count on one hand the number of times we we've skipped a week, uh, and then you come back to the realization that you know the podcast is something we do as a labor of love, and um, we. We just don't get paid for it. It's not our job, and um, that doesn't mean we don't love it. Doesn't mean we don't love our and that we're not committed to it. Cause right, we are. we are absolutely. But yeah, so we we skipped a week, and and it was t- I think what made it especially tough to skip a week, even though I felt it was important that that we that we uh, just focus on our time away and together as a married couple. <laughs> uh, I think um, what made it tough though was that it was in the midst of like it's October, our, our yeah. favorite month, you know. Yeah. That just means we're going to have to add a week in November. But, you know, October was always <laughs> was always one of my favorite months because of a lot of reasons. I just love the fall. I love Halloween. and uh, But then, you know, October became even more special after we got married in October. Yeah. So, you know, lots of so, – so there's other things, you know, there. Yeah. And we did start the podcast in October. So yeah. lots of important things. But, you know, our marriage is – is more important. Yeah. And uh so yeah, anyway, not to not to be, whatever the belabor the issue is yeah. that is that a term? Yeah, sure. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you know so often I I'll look up before I use words, I'll say I need to make sure I'm using that right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before I decide I want to sound smart with it. <laughs> I don't want to belabor the point. I don't want to kick a dead horse, but yeah. So we were away for a week and um uh, we're sorry that we left during one of our m- most celebrated, if not the most celebrated month, absolutely uh, for the podcast. But it, it's a it's a month where we celebrate our marriage, and you know, so yeah, big big, big things, big things have happened this month. But yeah, so uh, but we missed you guys. We uh, have thanks for hanging with us, thanks for understanding. But we're back. Yes, we're back to see uh, uh, to see to see the way through the rest of this month. Definitely, we're not absolutely, gonna, and what we yeah. really should add a week in, in November just to make yeah. up for. <laughs> yeah, to bring home the rest of October. Sometimes yes. I, I say things, I'm like, that sounded stupid, but I'm not cutting any of this out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're raw and real tonight. Uh, yeah, so, you know, last year we did Hocus Pocus. Yes, we now we did that, I think, like, it was like the Thursday before Halloween, so it was like yes, right before Halloween. Yeah, and one of the things that, you know, Brooke was, I could hear Brooke listening to uh, our recording last year. Yeah, I was just kind of re-remembering what we talked about. Right, and uh, I was—I could hear my voice and stuff, which I hate to hear after oh, it's on. been recorded. Well, I mean, a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Brooke came in and said, "Hey, you know, we mentioned, hey, we might do this again next year or something." And I was like, "Yep." Yeah, we're like, maybe we'll make it a thing. And like, I honestly never gave any more thought to it. Right. Until I listened to it tonight, and I was like, "Oh wow, we're we're doing it." <laughs> yeah, we are. We are doing it again. We're doing Hocus Pocus again this week. Um, Obviously, we're going to take a different approach. You know, last year, and we refer you to last year's episode. Yeah, because uh, we actually go through the film and, and, yeah. and, you know, do what we normally do. So if you haven't listened to that episode where we actually go through the film and, you know, hit all the, pretty much most of the points, I think, of the film that we really enjoy right. and stuff. 
But we basically go through the whole story from beginning to end. So we would refer you to that. Yeah, that's episode 53. Yeah. If ep- you would like to listen thank to you. it. Yeah, I always like to bring up that number. Uh, so it makes it easier. We don't have to scroll. Right. I mean, you will have to scroll. But, you but you'll know will, what you'll number to You'll at least know where on. it is. <laughs> so we're talking about Hocus Pocus again. And, um, you know, this was a movie that I came to appreciate much later. I remember uh, when it came out in the theaters. I mean, I definitely remember it. It, yeah. it was a big deal. Uh, and But the person that went and saw it in my house was my sister. Yeah, of course. Uh, my sister went. She's a two and a half Three, yeah, two and a half, three years. To three years younger than me, and she went with her friends, and they loved it, and it was great. And you know, um, I just didn't have an interest in it. I loved Halloween, but I didn't have an interest in Hocus Pocus. It was these three witches. I felt like it was like maybe this isn't my scene. Maybe this isn't my scene. (laughs) And and then, of course, um, you know, after marrying Brooke, married me. It uh, well, you unlocked this whole. You know, I, I I had things that I was into, but then when we got to know each other, you were like, "Well, hey, have you seen this? Have you read this?" And 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 so all reading books and reading movies that yeah. uh, reading movies, <laughs> the, uh, seeing movies that that I never considered, right? And uh, revisited. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first time I saw Hocus Pocus was uh, a few years ago, right? But it was I, I can't exactly pinpoint it, but I know it was like after we were married. Right, yeah. Uh, and absolutely loved it. And and even though I didn't watch it when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is the same for me. I didn't watch it as a kid. I wasn't allowed to. Yeah, and what was the exact year it came out? I think it was 92 or 93. I think, yeah, I, I want to say 93. Hold yeah, on. I know it was before 94. I know it was. 93. Yeah, yeah okay, so I was correct. Uh, w- one of the years I said was correct. <laughs> so I, it was 93. Um, and even though I didn't see it in 93, I was 13. Right. Uh, I it I felt like I was 13 again when I watched it. Yeah. Like it, it, it took me back to that 90s Halloween wonder. Yeah, and I think that the you know the well the whole reason why we do a 90s podcast is because we celebrate the 90s. It, yes, it had a feel, and I always talk about for me, I, and it's maybe different for everybody, but for me, like the golden years of the 90s was 1990, 91, 92, 93, and 94. Right, those years are where the most beloved things. For me, it came out of the 90s. Yep. It came out during those years. Oh, yeah. And I felt like 95, everything was kind of, it, it was kind of it was, it, starting it was, to crest. Yeah, it was, str- it was changing. It was starting sure. to crest, yeah, because we were getting closer to the millennium. Yeah. And and, and you can see when we get into um, 96, 97, 98, mm-hmm. uh, th- that, that, that flavor the 90s had in the first half it was starting to change yeah know? well the, the styles were changing the music was changing oh yeah and and um I, it's not a it wasn't a bad change because there was some great stuff from well, the late I, 90s i think there's good and bad music in every era i of know course. for me um, we still had real i will say though even in the late 90s we still had real yeah. pe- real music we had some people creating some really good things yeah there was some good music of course yeah uh, uh, i just I, I grew up, you know, it's interesting. I've been and listen- I'm younger than you too, so the late '90s are kind of more my stomping grounds than yours. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I've been listening to a lot of Nirvana lately. Now, rage music, yes, yeah. I and love but, it. Now, uh, I, you know, while we're talking about Nirvana, well, it's because we're talking about the '90s, but because <laughs> this is an episode about Hocus Pocus, <laughs> we will no, get to Hocus it, it's Pocus, all but. cyclical. It all comes together. But um, I really love Nirvana. Yeah. Uh, and the thing about me though is, I was just this little dorky kid, and all the all the kids that were into Nirvana had this particular image and mm-hmm. had this particular mm-hmm. attitude. And I'm not knocking that, but that just wasn't me. And when I said I like Nirvana, it just nobody took me seriously. You know? I love Nirvana. I love Pearl Jam. I like Pearl Jam uh, a lot. Oh yeah, there. You know, so that whole Seattle grunge scene was was killing it in the right. early '90s. And so that's part of what I loved about the '90s. I loved. I, I remember listening to. I loved Nevermind. This you know. Arguably one of their uh, yeah. arguably yes. their greatest yes. like their landmark album. I would agree. With I that. liked In Utero too, um, and uh, you know so, but but yeah, like I love Nirvana and and they they were that that early nineties was just really like there was a lot of great stuff that came out of that. Yes, that and I, it was new. It was it was a new sound for them that isn't remarkable. That 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 that, that the late I'm stuttering. Because I'm trying to formulate my thought, but the late '90s didn't have anything I felt that was that remarkable. Right. I felt like the late '90s was almost like reeling from what the early '90s had did. Yeah, they were riding the coattails of what had just been done. Yeah, which was like, and I remember that, you know, just like you know, when somebody grows up, uh, 
you know, during sixties and fifties and sixties and seventies rock, you know, you know, every music, every type of music brings a revolution right. in, well, diff- yeah. in different genres, whether it's, uh, you know, rock or, um, you know, country or hip hop, you know, rap, right. th- th- there are these, you know, like I get to tell, you know, I tell my students, you I, can hear the decades when you listen to certain music. You yeah, just hear it. But like what's interesting is, you know, the 90s had this wonderful uh uh patchwork of like really legendary stuff. Like you had you had the grunge scene, Sheen. Uh but you also had the 90s rap, which I really liked. And I'm not oh, talking yeah. about MC Hammer. I'm talking about like I remember like in high school like with Tupac and stuff yes. and like and I can tell students like that are into like students that listen to like Nirvana and stuff and, like classic rock is like I remember yeah when when I remember getting the Nevermind album I remember getting in utero I remember when like uh, I had a buddy of mine who loved Tupac and stuff I I wasn't I didn't listen to a lot of rap yeah uh, and see I wasn't into rock I was I was more of a pop person when I was yeah. young but when I got older. Rock yeah. kind of, of course. I also thing. remember like MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice of and all course. that in you fifth grade. To. But I'm just saying, that, uh, I, I remember. Yeah, one but, of our friends did uh, um, Ice Ice Baby for our sixth grade talent right. show, and but, everyone freaked out. But when I talk about people that changed the landscape, like Tupac, yeah. Tupac Shakur is an example. He's of, still, legendary. yeah, is like still. Cha- and 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 you know, I get to tell a lot of my students that listen to rap is I'm like, I remember when he was making music, like, and he was his new songs were hitting. And, right. And, and what's interesting is today at our school we actually had Decades Day. Yeah. And we had a lot of kids do 90s we had a lot of kids do early 2000s you know and so yeah. we were all in my room all day i had a 90s playlist playing right. and i was just living my best life and i, dr- I had i had a I had a grunge yeah. uh vibe going oh today, yeah and i was, was having and because i've been listening to a lot of nirvana lately i, I was going back to in the memories of of when <laughs> me and my cousin michael oh, would dear. would would turn on the video camera and get in front of it and listen to nirvana and uh, I know me specific. Now, Michael really, um, he looked more the part of like the, right. uh, you know. Someone who would like Nirvana. Someone that would like Nirvana, you know. Not that looks mean everything, but he definitely like, he had been listening to that a lot longer than me. Yeah. So he was much more educated and like seasoned in that style. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just looked like a big freaking dork Aww. sitting there with my Aww. my combed over hair and glasses. I'm like, I love Nirvana, <laughs> but I did like Nirvana, <laughs> and I still like Nirvana. Anybody you know. <laughs> can like what they want. Anyway, but Hocus Pocus, right, okay. right. So well, Hocus nineties, we love the nineties. No, Hocus Pocus came out in ninety three, which is, in my opinion, just the golden age of the nineties. Totally. Um, and again, I'm sorry for the detour, but this is a 90s podcast. and It's all relevant. And it's all relevant and stuff. <laughs> and I mean, so Hocus Pocus came out of that, and, and, and I was too busy in 93. Nirvana-ing. Listening to Nirvana, <laughs> and uh, I was into the Power Rangers, too. I, I could not be the kid that loved the superheroes and stuff. And the, but and everybody the, and the, did. And the campy everybody stuff. did, though. Uh, yeah, but um, I just wasn't. But so watching it years later, I, again, I felt like a kid again. Yeah. So... You can't say enough about this movie, no, and, and it's one of those movies you have to watch during Halloween. Yes, um, I mean can I watch can watch it. Year it. Year I I do watch it year round. I don't but... like to watch things as much like that year round because it makes me long for that time of year. And see, for me, I'm the opposite. I'm like, I, it's kind of like I want to call it into existence because I'm stressed or whatever. I'm like, oh, let me let me get a little. Uh, endorphins going here so like i'll 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 create a i'll if you will i will conjure it i think that's one thing that we'll listen to from our last episode i said i would love for someone uh it was it's in the first scene of the movie uh someone's talking to thackeray binks look they conjure and i was and i said in in the last episode i said i would love for someone to say that about me they just see me walking on the street look yeah she conjures so yes i do this movie So Hocus Pocus is, I mean, I love it. It's um, definitely in my top tier of like Halloween movies. But it's definitely a a much bigger, it runs deeper in you. It does, it does. And um, I adore it. So like there's old pictures of you dressed up like Winifred. Yes, there's, when I was, I think, um, (laughs) it's sad. I'm not even that young. Like I I had graduated high school. Me and my best friend, we, um, my best friend Aaron. We uh, went to high school together, and then we went to community college together for uh, two or three years. I think two years. Yeah, two years. And uh, I I don't know what was wrong with me. Like, I went, I was at my house, and I was just like, I'm going to dress up like Winifred Sanderson just for no reason. And I did it, and I drove to her house in the costume just to show her. 
and then I just I guess hung out while I was yeah. just in this car. I was like, what's wrong with me? But yeah, and actually this year, uh, me and two other coworkers we are dressing as the Sanderson sisters, and I will reprise my costume as Winifred Sanderson. Um, oh, great! Yes, yes. yes. I, I, figured, I already have the dress. I, I didn't know if that was still the plan. It, well, it is the plan if they let us dress up. So yeah. here's hoping they do. And apparently, one year I went as. Well, last year that was last year. Last year, uh, we kind of like didn't fully know what we were all doing. Yeah, I, I, probably because it was COVID, and and we were just like, uh, and "Who are you?" I just was like a generic witch, like I had because I have a Winifred Sanderson costume, and then and I wore it, but I didn't do the red wig and everything. And then uh, Yossi was, I don't know, some specter. He had like a, you know, he had like the basically the scream outfit without the mask. Yeah, he always changes up, right? And then Kes, and then, he, and then he'll change his costume mid. Mid, mid, like in Mid-night. the night of. Yeah. Yeah. Like or, or like, like oh, we'll be out. Way. He'll say, I'm just going to take this part off and be this. And I'm like, whatever, dude. I know. We just let him be him. Yeah. But, um, and Kessie wanted to be a witch. She was like all about being a witch. And she looked just like, um, Danny. Yeah. From Hocus Pocus. And I said, Toby, be Max. I was Max. Yeah. And so he, so they were Max and Danny, which that is very much y'all's yeah. relationship. So I had my, yeah, it really is. Yeah. We, yeah. It's, it's. So there, there's a picture. Well, we can repost it. Yeah. And, I just uh, had you the have ja- on like the jean jacket or yeah. like a, kind you know, of a, it wasn't, it was like a, he, I think he had like, he had like an olive green jacket. That's right. And oh, the, the jacket, the cap. the cap and all that. Yeah. And it's, a, it's, it was really, really cute. Um, so yeah, we did that. And of course, you know, the year before we were Gary and Betty Ann, which is the, 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 the best Halloween costumes we've done so far. But, yeah. um, so, uh, we, we're talking about Hocus Pocus. It's funny. Today I was in my class and one of my students asked me, she goes, uh, Ms. Manolis, what's your favorite colors? And I said, I don't know. Like, I like red and green and black and gray. She goes, okay, so evil colors. <laughs> I said, well, I guess if you want to put it that way, she goes, Ms. Manolis, are you a witch? <laughs> and I said, I paused and I said, aesthetically, yes. <laughs> and she was like, that fits, that fits. I was like, okay, thank you. This is the Scorpio student, by the way. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so I've been thinking about Hocus Pocus all day. And, you know, it's funny because I have a friend um, in the play that I'm in right now, and we both share Hocus Pocus videos back and forth. And he shared this one video with me, which sparked what I wanted to talk about tonight. And it was this guy who kind of was doing a dive into the potential or su- maybe suggested origin of the Sanderson sisters and how they became witches. Oh, wow. Now, it was, a, it was a TikTok video, of course, because TikTok is, you know, in- infectious. It's the thing now. Right. So I watched it, and I'll, I'll give you this guy's theory, but from his theory, I sparked my own, and also based on what I've seen from the movie and what I, how I've watched it for years. Right. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about. We're going to do a deep dive into the Sanderson sisters' origin story yeah and much of this i'm not really and by deep dive for. i mean it's kind of it's not that deep but you know no I mean. but and much of this i'm not prepared for like i've not heard this theory that she's talking yeah about. I, t- I didn't i didn't want him to he- i wanted him to hear it now because and not before yeah like for me the movie's just good fun mm-hmm. i i don't get too deep into thinking about it not that you can't right right uh i'm so mesmerized by bet midler oh get out of i here. feel like the she's whole, the queen yeah i i feel like the whole movie is like Everything is just revolving around her. Yeah, I love her. And I adore her. All of my, all the 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 parts of the film that give me joy are involving her. Yes. Well, and, and the the th- they're such a great trio. Oh, they are. Yeah. No, no. Look, you have to have the whole. But she shines just like bright. you have she to have does. the you have to have the mountain. But she's the peak. You know, everything is kind of s- sloping upward to her. Yes. Which makes sense. She's Bette Midler. Right. But uh, yeah, that's just. For me, watching the movie is just like need. I just want to see Winifred Sanders react to present day. Sanderson, I, w- uh, I said Winifred. You said Sanders. Sanders. <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, I want to see Winifred just react to the '90s. I want to see Winifred um, react to her sisters. Uh, I want to see everyone react to her. Yes. Uh, yes. I love that she's not impressed with anything except herself. Literally. She's not impressed with anything except the guy that she thinks is Satan. Right. And that's part of that's part of what we're gonna talk about. Yeah. Tonight. So but other than that, she's not impressed. You know, and I love that. Uh, you know, she's in complete control really until She wants her book. That's it. I want my book. When they walk out of the fire but and they're just exasperated. She's in complete control of the story really until the very, yeah. very end. Mm-hmm. You know. Spoiler alert. But yeah, I so mean, 
Spoiler alert, since 1993. So. so I just wanted to give my, you know, few yeah, minutes of... Yeah, definitely. I just... It's... For me, it's... I love Winifred. Yes. I love Bette Midler. Uh, and she's at her finest here. Not that she's not been her finest in other... Right, right. I mean, right. she's basically that way in a lot... In pretty much all of what she does, but... um, uh, Yeah, like, that's why I watch it. And uh, that's, that's, that's my favorite parts. Yeah. Know? So now I will pass it over to you because I want to hear this theory and stuff, and <laughs> let's see what happens. Okay, so like I said, I'm going to give you this this um, theory that I that I saw on TikTok first, and then I'm going to give you my theory. Um, so I watched this guy talk about he he's he's been um, and I should mention, of course, and I'm sure most of you that are Hocus Pocus fans already know that they're I mean they're re- literally filming the sequel. Like it's, I've seen it all over TikTok. People have been taking videos of the village they've constructed to show, like you know, the 1600s. You know, it's it's great. So it's happening. All three are back. It's going to be fantastic. And Disney is obviously. And it's it's going to be on Disney Plus. Oh, excellent. Yes. So um, I watch. The, there's a there's an account on TikTok called Hocus Pocus 85A. And that's where I, in case you want to go check it out. And it's uh, how the Sanderson sisters became witches. It's not canon necessarily. It's just this guy's opinion. So in his, in a nutshell, he, you know, he comments on how, you know, they're obsessed with being young and beautiful. Anytime they get actually triggered into anger, it's because they've been called ugly. And they'll almost thwart their long-term plans to basically enact justice on that one moment for being for these petty insults right for the petty insults but for them the petty insults are incredibly deep and it's it's very unique to being called old or ugly so for them that's a big deal and so based on that he and 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 part of this we already know and it's true um it's revealed throughout the movie and danny says it when she's retorting at uh bet midler's character you know winifred when she's you know she's like twas i who brought you back and she's trying to trick him and it's not working and she's like, you're the ugliest thing I've ever seen. You sold your soul to the devil. So we know that the lore, at least, is that Winifred, possibly all three, sold her soul to the devil. Right. And that is how she got the book. And that's what's revealed in the film. So that we can, for the most part, count on those facts. She sold her soul to the devil, and that's how she got book. Which gives her the, all the secrets of magic. Yes, because it's and, made of flesh. Like, it's yeah, really... It's got an eyeball. Scre- it's, it's, the, the it's book's creepy. alive. Yeah, it has an eye. It has a, arguably, it has a soul, you yeah, could say. Yeah, and very much probably like a... To make a Lord of the Rings reference, it probably wants to get back to... Yeah, yeah. Ha- it has that Lord of the Rings feel because, I mean, even when, when it's in the company of Max and Danny, it tries to, like, lift... It tries to... Yeah, and I think it alerts Winifred and the it sisters. Does. It does. It op- well, when they open it, to read it it casts this beam of light and that's how they find it yeah all this stuff so so the theory this guy has is that the you know that winner uh billy butcherson who we all love um is you know the the zombie that they call up from the grave with his mouth sewn shut um if you've seen the movie you know but if you haven't um billy butcherson was with winifred they were together but she caught him running around with sarah for obvious reasons i mean She's yes. gorgeous, you know, but also Sarah has no scruples. She just kind of does kinda, what yeah. she wants. She does what she feels, you know. Yeah, she doesn't really have control. I mean, like, she constantly has to be reined in. Yeah, and she's always like, boys, you know, she's just, you know, she she's very juvenile, very immature in that way. Um, her her maturity comes in when she is using her powers. So uh, Winifred, in a burst of anger, poisons him. And sews his mouth shut so that he would be, he couldn't tell her secrets even after death. So that, that was the idea. So um, it sounds like the premise for a really serious movie. It really does. I'm kind of like, let's see Hocus Pocus in like a, you know, directed by like American what? Horror Story. Right, right. Directed by like Wes Craven or something, you know what I mean? But um, to keep it 90s, if you will. Um, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Wes <laughs> exactly. Craven was like the that guy. That was Scream, yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, and he did a new Nightmare and stuff, yeah. I remember, yeah. So, according to this TikToker, Winifred, in retaliation to that instance, especially, sold her soul to the devil in order to obtain the book and obtain the ability to have powers. So, he's he's asserting that they were not witches before that, necessarily. 
right. that they sold their soul to acquire these powers. And that's how they became. And they began to eat the souls of the children and grow and be young forever and things like that. Um, and it's a good theory, but I can't agree. And the reason why is because of the way that they refer to their mother. It's not often. It's only a couple times. So, bear, you know, stay with me, guys. <laughs> if you're a Hocus Pocus fan, maybe you'll be into this. I'm an English major, so I don't just read a story. I like to dive into it and think, well, what could be and what might be? And what does the text suggest and what could back it up? So that's what I'm doing with this film. So I look at Winifred, Mary, and Sarah. Obviously, we all know Winifred is the brains of this operation, and she is the leader. That's no one can dispute that. So I don't think it's implausible to say that Winifred was the one that got Sarah and Mary on board with selling their souls to the devil, if in fact they all did. Right. Um, if you remember in the scene where you know they're they you know she's like hobgoblins, you know all the children running around. Yeah, because they don't know their kids dressed. They're up. like yeah, they don't realize that Halloween has become a night of frolic. That's what I know. One of my favorite, that's one of my favorite parts of it is when she has the realization that <laughs> that the night that they would uh, just do in, mischief in, and well, the night that they would incite terror. And conjure and do and and do the worst things has now become a night of fun and frolic, as she calls it. It's become a night of frolic. Like they're having fun with this. This like, is this supposed is terrible. This is supposed to be horrible. A horrible day. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's supposed to be our time. Um, so they, you know, of course, come upon the great Gary Marshall, you know, who is playing. He's dressed as Satan. He's just dressed as him, but he's like a fun guy. Sanderson sisters. You but know, he's, he's giving out candy to kids like it's just he's he's, he's like having a, a great old he's time. probably like one of the houses you'd want to go to. Yes, exactly. So and we all know when they go to the house, they're master, you yeah, know, and of course, and they're excited. And there's a there's a moment when she's talking to Billy Butcherson and he says go, he tells her go to hell when he finally cuts his mouth open. And she goes, I've been there. It's quite lovely. You know, she's not bothered. So with all these things, we can assume before they were hung, you know, in the very beginning, they had already been to hell because she said that. Sure. They knew even in their, you know, even though this they're in the 90s and it doesn't look like everything. They assume he actually is Satan, assuming that they actually already have a relationship with him. So, like, you know, like not a relationship. You know what I mean? Like a, a friendship yeah, or a camaraderie there's a familiarity, with yes. Satan. So when they see him, they're like, oh, Master, oh, it's so good to see you. Oh, my God. Da, da, da. He has Medusa's his wife. You know, like they're all, they're so excited. So the facts that we have are they've already been to hell. They've already become at least... A, a business partnership with Satan. Yes. You know. They're doing his bidding. So whatever bargain was struck was struck. Now, the why is where I deter from this TikToker. And again, that it goes back to mom. Every, a couple t- uh, times in the movie, it's when they form, form their calming circle. When uh, Mary's like, uh, you know, art thou being honest with ourselves? Like, yeah. like you're being, you're, you're, you're nuts. So they form a circle and they're thinking of things that make them happy. And they were spur. They, they refer to their mom's, I think, scorpion pie. Now, I don't know about you, but my mom never made a pie out of scorpions, and that sounds something like a witch would do. Okay. So to me, yeah, I miss that totally. Yeah, and see, and that's and that's just you know because aesthetically, I'm a witch, as my student you know would assert. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, that means mom's a witch because then they stop and all, and all put their hands over their hearts and go, mother. And they yeah, do well, it. That, that's very blatant. Yeah, but like there, and the, but at witches historically and just mythologically are matriarchal. Mm-hmm. So, one, they would already revere their mom, but if their mom was a witch, they would revere her even more. So it makes sense that they would almost have this moment of like a pledge allegiance to mom. Yes, and that mom would make a scorpion pie. You know, mm-hmm. so my theory is that and, and notice that they never reference a dad, which would make sense because witches, for many reasons, were obviously, you know, um, you know, burned at the stake and, and, and looked down upon. But it's because witches represented a autonomous woman, a woman that had control, a woman that made decisions, a woman that had power or powers sure. and yeah, worship Satan probably. <laughs> you know that was part of it, the religious well, yeah, part. The religious. There was the religious aspect. aspect, obviously, but there was also the patriarchal aspect. 
of a woman rising above her station for that time. As we all know, you know, women's rights were not a thing, especially in the 1600s. No, no, and they, they were, and they were, you know, they weren't long coming out of England where it was definitely right. Exactly. So I'm thinking because I'm thinking of the 1690s. Yes. I'm thinking of like uh, Salem. Yes, they had only been uh, the Jamestown colony was founded in 1607. This is the history guy in me. I love so uh, only 80 years in the grand scheme of history is not right. long. No, uh, very so young. Within 80 years, Massachusetts had become uh, the, the, this this whole this religious um, fanaticism with the Puritans had turned into like paranoia. Yeah, it, it and, started as kind of a good thing to break away from but, what they felt was repression, but then they began but, repressing. But you know, 100 years before that, they were in England. You're right, or right. At least you know. Uh, this is again before Jamestown and all that. So, uh, anyone who settled was, you know, they were in England, right? Mm-hmm. Where everything was patriarchal and about land owning and arist- you know, yes. aristocratic and stuff. So, yeah, I, I just follow what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there was witch hunts in England as well. They weren't just here in America. So they started there. No, you know. Right. So, um, so my theory is that there, of course, there was a father, but he was no more for whatever reason. Whether mom killed him or whether he left. What I, I, that that you know remains to be seen. I kind of like the theory that she might have done away with him if he didn't like the way she was, because that sounds like a Sanderson thing to do. Um, so I believe that mother instilled this need for eternal youth and beauty. I think that's why they hold to it. I think that's why Winifred was able to rope Mary and Sarah into it. Sure, because it was mom, and it's what mother wanted. It's what mother emphasized. Sure. You know, but they, to be fair, they're not super bright. So I think that she could rope them into anything. Right. Yes. So uh, it's not like, it's not that you need the mom car, but I believe it's because of mom. Well, I think the reason why the Sanderson sisters were foiled in the end and defeated ultimately is because they were out of time. 1990, uh, you know, which at that time, 1993, I guess you could say. Yeah. Let's just imagine if, if we're in 1993, the movie's coming out. It, it was, you know, one of the funny parts of the film is the Sanderson sisters being from the 17th century yeah. being, being introduced to the 20th. Right. So the 20th century, a lot has happened regarding uh, men and women. Yes. Um, there have been a lot of strides. There have been a lot of, there, there had been uh, some su- substantial you know, arguably some sub- some substantial progress. Whether you want to say substantial, but there had been some progress. Yes. So, well, and also even just even in just like I mean, graphics and I'm, effects, I'm, kids were desensitized to things yeah, that they're afraid of. But you know, men and women were uh, working. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we can definitely say by the 1990s there had been women in uh, you know positions of substantial power and prestige. Yeah. And um, the the religion was not so. Uh, black and white. It wasn't so polarized. Cut yeah. and dry. So polarized. What I mean is that in 1690s you had Puritans or not Puritans in, right. in say Massachusetts. You, Period. You know, and pretty much everybody would have been uh, some kind of Protestant Christian. Yeah. Or in some cases they were Catholics that came over. But uh, you know, I'm, again, I'm thinking about Massachusetts. Something yeah. about New England. Mm-hmm. You you would have been. It would have been Puritans and Pilgrims. Yep. By the 1990s, um, you could have had anything. You could have had anything because. We were, you know, a couple hundred years on the other side of the of religious freedom in yeah. America, where you know there was all kinds of religion or no kind of religion with different with certain people. Right. I mean, yes, Judeo Christian, you know, values still kind of dominated the society in, sure, in some ways. Like, but you know, things closed on Sundays. Blah, you blah, had blah. a lot of people but, that 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 either had other religious beliefs or none at all because that's their right. Yeah, absolutely, they had, the, they had the freedom. They weren't oppressed by the government slash church. So, in but order here's to do the thing: that. if you're if if you're living in a society that's religiously free and 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 there isn't that fanaticism mm-hmm. that that's governing, yeah, because in 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 Puritan in, in Massachusetts, New England, religion was governing. It was in the government. There was no separation. So now we have this separation. Right. The Sanderson sisters are are emerging in a time where there's this separation, and what that means is you're going to have a you're not going to have this this fear of the good or the evil aspects of uh, right. of religion, you know what I'm saying? So, yes. So where Things I, are more gray. So if someone's, say, an atheist or if someone would say, you know, just like, yeah, whatever, yeah. they're not going to worry about they're not going to worry about what a preacher or a pastor says to them, right. but they're also not going to worry about a witch running around. Mm-mm. 
So they were in a... a, a like, whatever, you do you. So one of the things that had them at a disadvantage is that they are running around in a time where nobody acknowledges that as majorly important. Right. So whether for good or for, for better or for worse, right? right. Whether it's a, a religious side that, that would say that that was trying to fight the witches mm-hmm. or the witches that were trying to, you know, fight the, you know. Yeah, they had been reduced to fairy tale. Yes. And no one takes a fairy tale seriously. So so they were very much, they had that working against them. Absolutely. And uh, so, uh, of course, we have to lend it to uh, Thackeray coming back. Uh, and and assisting you know the bravery of of Max and and Danny and um, and Allison and Allison yes uh, all that uh, but uh, yeah so so that's the thing much of it was the tide was against them simply because of the time that they reemerged in yeah very different from where they were uh, in their heyday exactly exactly and I think that their strength in their time was that they were these forward thinking. Um, powerful women and that was already thought of you know thought of as suspect because you know if you look at the you know if you look at the actual Salem witch trials people who were accused were you know a lot of times women who spoke out against something and they're like ooh she right. must be a witch let's put her in line yeah you know so so it follows that so to me my theory you know however however stable it may be holds up even historically. Yeah. It's a comical presentation, Hocus Pocus. But yeah, yeah you can certainly, I mean, I commend you. <laughs> uh, and, and anyone else, uh, you know, the guy on the TikTok yeah. uh, account. Uh, for, for for even kind of taking off the, I guess, skimming off the comedic and looking yeah. at, at, at really. Um, the darker side of it, I guess. Yeah. And, 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 and thinking about, in a serious perspective, the origins of this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I think what I liked that you made me think about was because I'd never really discussed it, never mm-hmm. really thought about it was that, you know, what really, again, I, I've, I just said it earlier, but again, what, what really was working against them is, um, they were, they were coming, they, they reemerged in a society that was on the, the, the cusp of the 21st century, but again, was already, um, in, in many ways progressing away from this, from, from the world that they were, that that they really were able to mm-hmm. be an authority. Yes, yes, exactly. And even though they were, even though they were notorious, they were they were they were feared, not so much revered, right? Uh, but they did wield a certain power, and I do think that it's interesting. And you know, I think, and this this is going to kind of go with my which my, again, I just want to say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. again, the, the whole idea of of um, Halloween has become a night of frolic. That's such a key moment because that's when they realize like. We are not in our element anymore. Right. So for me, it was like, it's, you know, you're already at a handicap here, you know, uh, in, in this battle uh, to, to regain. Yes. You know. Exactly. And I think, you know, when I, when I look at what they have to do to stay young, because again, their, their whole thing is youth and beauty. And I don't know when their mom died. She did. She had to have died because of the way that they were, the, the way that they refer to her. You know, like, oh, mother, you know, like she obviously passed away, whether she was burned at the stake or hung or natural causes. We don't know. We're not given that. But um, I have to believe that mom put a emphasis on youth, beauty and and, and eternal life, which, of course, we we can't because they grew up in a Puritan society. We can't turn away from the fact that when we think of eternal life in that time period, we think of living forever in heaven with Jesus. You know what I mean? That's that's what they... The Christian idea of eternity. Right, that's what they meant. So I love that it is... It has to be then a dark mirror. If you look at... You know, if you're actually looking at a Bible and you look at what, like, you know, Jesus says, he says you have to come with faith like a child. Right. So it fits that the way they achieve eternal life Mm -hmm. is to take the life of children. Right. So it's a dark. I love. I mean, I. I, I love. It sounds horrible. I don't love it, but you know what I no. mean. I love that the. It's the a, connection. It's I guess. a mirror. It's a dark mirror image, of the. I guess salvation message. They have to take the life of these children in order for them to gain eternal life. It's a vampire. It's a vampire thing. Sure. Essentially, you know, it's kind of like you know the blood is a life. You know, you have to 
take that blood in order to remain. So they have to stay young. They have to stay beautiful. And if they stay young and beautiful, I guess they have what they want. You know, it's kind of like it, you wonder, like, when they have attained that. Well, no, they have to do next? it, but they have to do it again. Yeah, it's a con- it's a constant cycle, right? So that you know, they're 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 at best parasites, which is interesting. That I'm like, man, like you sold your soul to at best be parasites. Well, and the, you know, and, yeah, but it also, yeah, I mean, it was it was only a matter of time before somebody would best them. Of course, yes, because there's a loophole. There's always a loophole, you know. And uh, I don't know. I just I, I loved thinking about them as as an actual entity. You know, obviously Winifred would have no problem roping Mary and Sarah in, and I. And it makes me wonder how much of their powers, especially Mary and Sarah, how much of their powers are powers, and how much of them were just um, embellishments of what they already had. Because Sarah obviously is insanely attractive, and her power comes in in luring. The children. Yes, the song she sings. But she yeah. off but she lures men on her you know, on her in her spare time. Sure. You know, so it makes me wonder like, okay, do the powers enhance something that was already there? And then Mary, she smell she's very sensory. She can smell the children. You know. Winifred can't do that. Sarah can't do that. Right. But Mary can. And she's like, you know, I smell children. You know, like mm-hmm. the iconic line. So I love that their powers are really just embellishments of who they really are, but obviously it's for such a dark, much darker gain. So that's that was a lot of what I wanted to kind of like flesh out and discuss. No, no, I love <laughs> it. Yeah, no, it's it's great. I, I was you know because obviously you know we were taking a different approach with this one. Yeah, and and Bette Midler, I watched a few interviews with her, and she it's funny because and it and as a person who does theater and does acting, I can attest to this. She said. You know, an interviewer was talking to her and he was like, you know, you'd think, oh, for sure, you're the highlight of your career is something like beaches, you know, or something like that. And she's like, no, it's hocus pocus. Right. Because I don't know where Winifred came from in me. One day she said she said one day I just started talking like that. And it just she said it's like I had no control. So it's it's almost it's almost like witchcraft. You know, it's almost like she was something was conjured out of her to create Winifred. And Bette Miller's the only one who talks about the role like that. That's what's interesting. Right. They right. all I mean, they all say they love it. And they, they've all been saying for years that they would do a sequel. For years. I mean, decades. Well, now is the but time. But Bette Midler had always said, this, it's, it's this role that was my favorite. It's this. I, she's, yeah. I, she said, I was, I'm in the best Halloween movie that's ever been. Well, she said, I know like, I am. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of like when we did the villain episode. Yeah. And... I think some of the villains were, were uh, like ones that I think a lot of people would would be like, oh yeah, like uh, you know Khan from we picked uh, villains from the eighties, yeah, and we talked about Khan Ugh, from from Star Trek two, and we talked about uh, Johnny from uh, Karate Kid, and these these are iconic uh, yes villains, even though Johnny you, you can't he's say hardly a villain anymore. Oh God, I mean no, he's a hero. Yeah, <laughs> I love him. I mean Cobra Kai has. I mean that's for me. That's Johnny's story. Yes, it um, is. I mean and a new season's coming out in December. Yeah, I mean I think it's whoever's story. I, I guess you know it depends on the viewer, but for me it's like you know Karate Kid was Mr. Miyagi and Daniel's story. Mm-hmm. Cobra Kai is is seeing Johnny's is that's Johnny's seeing his arc. Is just incredible, but uh, but but I think there was one that we picked that I, I know probably a lot of people wouldn't consider an iconic villain, and that was a um, Skeletor, yeah, from the Masters of the Universe film, which because that film was widely panned, yeah, and I love that movie. Like right. I'm somebody who loves that movie, and Frank Langella, who is a phenomenal Frank Langella, is just an incredible oh, he's actor. Incredible, and when you ask him what his favorite roles are one of him is he, one of the ones that he says mm-hmm. is he goes, I love playing Skeletor. Yeah. If and, you follow us on TikTok, I think we actually posted part of that interview. Yeah. He said from Frank Jill and Jill. So just, if you go to our TikTok page, you can actually watch a little bit of it. There is something about this, you know, cause Frank Langella and Bette Midler, both there are these two actors that are just so grand and, uh, and yeah, they have such a, a wealth of range and they can, they can enter these roles and just enlarge the role mm-hmm. beyond what it is on paper, which is what an actor's supposed to do, right? But they're just otherworldly good at it, and I think that's you know that's kind of that's the thing is that and there's nothing like 
there it's one thing to to portray a, a dramatic role, but it's another thing to to portray this this otherworldly supernatural force, yeah. which is what Winifred is. She's the, she's this powerful witch, and uh, Skeletor is a is a sorcerer warlord, and I just um, it, it, I mean. I, I know that the Masters of the Universe movie, again, I, most people are like, oh, I'm like, look, that is a good movie to me. I mean, yeah. I just, but uh, but I, I don't I don't think Hocus Pocus was initially very appreciated at first um, as much as it was. I mean, I don't want to be wrong about that. I have to uh, I, I would have to look up. It became I, I, I believe it became more of a smash hit after it came out. Yeah, I, I don't want to get that wrong because I know the Masters of the Universe movie. And I'm just yeah, it kind of flopped. It flopped, even though I just think it's so good. I, and not just Frank. I mean, Frank Langella, the, the Skeletor part was the best part of that movie. But Dolph Lundgren, Dolph Lundgren as uh, He-Man was great, you know. Uh so let me let me just look this up real quick, guys. If you could just bear with me, but yeah, Hocus Pocus, uh, no doubt has a Wikipedia page, and it always has a, a part that talks about the critical reception, um, critical response. Um, yeah, Gene Siskel. Yeah, this is yeah. Sis- Siskel and Ebert. Ebert. Yeah, Gene Siskel reviewing, and this is Wikipedia. Gene Siskel reviewing for the Chicago Tribune remarked that the film was a dreadful witch's comedy. With only the tolerable, with the only tolerable moment coming when Bette Midler presents a single song, Roger Ebert gave the film one star out of four, writing that it was a confusing cauldron in which there's great activity but little progress and a lot of hysterical shrieking. The Miami Herald called it a lackluster affair, uh, and um, yeah, despite the triple threat actress combo, Hocus mm. Pocus won't be the sister act of 1993. Well. I think that's comparing apples and oranges. Sister Act's incredible. Sister Act's amazing, and uh, Kath and, and 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 let's just praise Kathy Najibi. She is just a joy to watch in literally any role. Yeah, yeah, well, she's, she's in both those, delightful right? in Sister Act, and she's delightful in Hocus Pocus. But here's the thing: this is what happened. This is what happened, guys. Over the years, through various outlets such as strong DVD sales and annual record-breaking showings on Freeform's Thirteen Nights of Halloween, the yes. film has achieved cult status. Um, Various media outlets, I'm still reading Wikipedia, various media outlets such as Celebuzz and Oh No They Didn't have reiterated such claims. On the 25th anniversary year in 2018, the first week of Hocus Pocus viewings on Freeform averaged 8.2 million viewers. There was a Hocus Pocus 25th anniversary Halloween bash filled at the Hollywood, filmed at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery featuring members of the cast. Um, in October 2011, the Houston Symphony celebrated various horror and Halloween classics, including Hocus Pocus. Uh, so it it's interesting. It was not critically received well at first, right. um, but it has created this slow There's burning like a subculture, this slow burning legacy. But now it's mainstream. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Uh, because I I've never heard anybody say anything uh, negative about Hocus Pocus. It's always a beloved affair. You yeah, know? exactly. Um, Even here in our own town where we live, there's a there's a um. A great art studio run by actually our friend called the uh, the Stash Studio, and they had they had this night where they had the Sanderson sisters, these three girls that play the Sanderson sisters, and they come and they sing, and then you can make like hocus pocus themed pottery and like mugs and stuff. I mean, it's and it's it's every October, but again, it's, it's just it's a thing. But I don't understand. But even watching it, I, I don't understand how it, it wasn't seen as just like just a. a just a fun ride, you know? Yeah. Because, again, uh, Wikipedia says, you know, um, uh, it the film received mixed reviews from film critics. It was not a critical or commercial success. However, again, through annual airings on the Disney Channel and Freeform, formerly ABC Family, all through the month of October, Hocus Pocus has been rediscovered by audiences. Yeah. Resulting in a yearly spike in home video sales of the film every Halloween season. Listen. A yearly spike. Yep. Uh, the annual celebration of Halloween has helped make the film a cult classic among Am- Americans born in the eighties and early nineties. Yes, and uh, um, there was a there was an interview with uh, Kathy and Jimmy, and she was talking about basically just her, you know, the reception to her of the film, and she said it's funny because because I have people come to me and say, oh, you know. My 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 I love it. My kids love it, and their kids love it. And she's like, and she's like, oh, it makes me feel old, but at the same time. It's like a generational thing that's happening. And even uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, she goes, I didn't realize mm-hmm. 
how well loved this movie was until I got on Twitter. And this was like, you know, this was years ago in this interview. But she said, I was unaware. I was just unaware of how much people actually love this movie, even decades later. Because you can't deny the magic that comes from what even even if it's a slow burn and yeah. it's like like you said a subculture something that's like un- underground that slowly over time rises yeah. into yeah. something really huge which is what hocus pocus was it's it kind of just rose into this massive cult phenomenon uh but i want to talk about the director real quick yeah yeah his name's kenny ortega uh he's an american filmmaker touring manager and choreographer i'm reading wikipedia because it gives us all the you know just the quick summary here's what kenny ortega has directed He's directed Hocus Pocus. He directed High School Musical. Uh, Excellent. Michael Jackson's This Is It. Get so, out of so, here. So he directed, my, you know, Michael Jackson special, you know. Uh, he choreographed the films. This is, this is why I think it's undeniably magical. Right. Because he choreographed films, St. Elmo's Fire, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, and my Dur- God. And Dirty Dancing. So he the, uh, the most iconic films of the eighties. Yeah. So he th- the guy that directed this, he put all the right things into it. Yeah, he knew what he, he was doing. He directed multiple concert tours for Cher, Gloria Stefan, uh, Hannah Montana, and Michael Jackson. Uh, what I'm saying is, and he's considered a Disney legend. This guy, he was he he was a harbinger of of those of the ingredients that go into these films that make them eighties and nineties classics. Right. You know exactly. Uh, he he knew he knew what ingredients to make because Saint to Elmo, put into a yeah. good good fix. Saint you know? Elmo's Fire and Pretty in Pink are like uh, Brat Pack originals. Oh gosh, yeah. Uh, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off is phenomenal, and Dirty Dancing. These are these are monumental achievements yeah. in in eighties uh, film. So so this guy knew what he was doing, and I think that's why, even though the initial reaction was nah by critics, right, and right. And, and even it wasn't a big box office draw. It's undeniable that we keep returning to it. Yeah. Uh, to Hocus Pocus because I, 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 I have to, again, I have to credit Kenny Ortega being the brains behind it. Yeah. Uh, and then I looked at what else he was the brains behind. I'm like, well, that makes sense. I mean, this guy has, yeah, has been, in, has directed and been involved in, cor- you know, as a choreographer. Exactly. You know, giving the flavor to these. And setting a mood and a tone. Right. That's and, what, because really choreography is setting. A mood and a tone in a given piece of music or whatever. Yeah. So so he knew how to set this incredible tone for this yeah, movie. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and and again, working with phenomenal, iconic '80s artists like you know Gloria Stefan and oh, Michael, Michael Jackson yeah. and Cher. I mean, the, so 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 this guy knew what he was doing, and I think that that's part of it too. Yeah, uh, I think that, I think that's why it, it has this um this un- indescribable magic that. Literally magic. Yeah. yeah, that that we go back to. Yeah, so. and I mean, and, and it all goes back to as well. You just can't beat a good ensemble with good chemistry. Sure. And these three ladies had it. And on top of that, it's the added witchery of the power of three, which is a big thing, you know, in like you know witch- witchcraft and stuff. I mean, the 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 yeah. symbol of the three that you know what is it the uh, the maiden, the crone, and the matron. That is a that's a thing. You know, uh, so it's 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 built it's baked into the cake, right? And then on top of that, That's they have the these thing. three yeah. powerhouse women that play the Sanderson sisters. I can hardly call them villains because they're just incredible. Yeah, we love them. It's almost like you're though... sad when they go. I mean, I was. I was like, dang it, right? Like, I mean, I know we need the trouble to disband and we need Thackeray to be reunited with his sister and all right. that, but like. Do they have to go? It makes you know? me wonder. It makes me wonder how the sequel is going to. I'm um, very excited to see. Well, it makes me wonder, not to get too far ahead, but it makes me wonder how the sequel is going to um, resolve. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I'm like, understand. Because they in, in died. 19, well, in we 19, well, understand, in 1993, the Sanderson sisters had to be defeated. You are now making a sequel a whole 30 years later and they're coming back and they're but they're beloved yeah, like w- yeah. we watch this movie for them yeah. so are we going to destroy them again i don't know right and well, and we I, we knew there was a link back to them because the book woke but up i'm hoping i'm hoping that the people behind the sequel are much more creative than just having them get get defeated again because now you're you're talking about an audience that that loves these three women right 
So, and I'm one of them, you know, and I'm like, I don't want to see just a cookie cutter. Oh, the magic got foiled and they exploded again. Right. I, I want to see what happens. I don't think they're going to do that. No. So. And, and the premise of this new one is that it's, it's actually three women that resurrect them. Three okay. ladies. So we're going to have a nice little face off between three young women and, yeah, good. And, our, and our three iconic Sanderson yeah. sisters. So I'm more than excited. I, and, and usually when they say, I'm going to, we're going to do a sequel a hundred million years late, you know what I mean? I'm kind of like, I don't know. But yeah, but, but they're I'm actually but, but, very yeah. excited about this. Studios are figuring it out. You know, there was a time when sequels se- used to be trash. When sequels just didn't. I mean, that's a thing. It's yeah. like, you know, like if you can go on YouTube or watch Mojo and be like, oh, the top 10 or top however number of sequels that were actually better than the first movie. Um, and, and but but I'm noticing now that uh, with with Disney, with Marvel, uh, and I use those as examples because these are obviously your big uh, studios that make these franchise films that that they're. They are mastering as as time is going on with films. They're mastering the art of the sequel. Yep. Um, yep. So, Sequels are getting better and better. Yeah. Which which is which makes me excited for this. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But yeah. uh, I think we're we're uh, we're approaching an hour. Yeah. We're uh, we're that that was kind of our our deep dive into origin and uh, yeah and some other stuff. Just, just you some know. you know production stuff. It was just yeah. it was just not it was nice to be back in the hocus pocus world. It was yeah. So definitely go check out hocus pocus and uh, if you've not listened to episode fifty three, which would which is kind of our um, standard garden variety tape store uh, approach. Yeah. Where we we go through the film and then we discuss, but. Um, you know, we try. This was more of a character deep dive. Yeah, this is more of a deep dive type of episode. Um, you know, we've done that with a few movies, mm-hmm, yeah. but um, and they're you, almost all it, Halloween movies. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to go to the standard tape store episode about Hocus Pocus, is episode fifty three. Watch Hocus Pocus. Yes, yeah, on Disney. If you have Disney Plus, you can watch it yeah, right now. Listen to the episode, and you know. Hopefully you've made it this far through this episode. Yeah, and, and we know we have a few new listeners, um, just you know, friends of ours or people that we've met along along our travels, and we're yeah. really really happy that you're here. And yeah, listening. And if you've made it this far, we always like to uh, towards the end of every every episode uh, thank our listeners for their time. Uh, I, I don't get tired of saying it because I know it's very much. Uh, I know we've had people tell us that you know, hey, look, I you know, we had somebody you know, our friend Brett told us like, I just want to say I appreciate. That you guys actually talk about the time that your listeners take to listen. to to, yeah. to listen because it's really humbling when you know other people stop and listen to you talk about something and and uh, yeah it's, it's, n- it means a lot. To I, us. I wish there were a way we could we could listen to you and yeah. talk to you. <laughs> it, 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 and and we do uh, you know yeah when you guys message us on on Instagram and stuff like it, it, yeah it, we love it it means but, so much. You know, you could be listening to something else. You could be watching something else. So whether you're in your car or you're in your house or whatever you're doing, uh, if you're listening to us right now, uh, I can't tell you how humbling and and, and appreciative, um, just how how that how that makes us feel. And, yeah. and it, it's it's really wonderful, and we we don't feel like it's coming to us. And and we just want you to know, like your time is so valuable. It's such a special thing, and if you dedicate it towards. Even a few minutes of this, yeah, uh, it's it very, mu- it's very much appreciative. So we're, it's very much appreciated. So uh, yeah. With that being said, uh, Brooke, why don't you um, just tell everybody where they can find us, as we always do, mm-hmm. and then uh, we will say good night, and uh, and you know, happy early Halloween and all yeah, that. Sounds good. Uh, so if you were on Instagram, that's where we spend a lot of our time, where we connect with most of you. Uh, we are at the Tape Store. We are on TikTok by the same name. If you're on Twitter, we're the Tape Store Pod. And if you'd like to shoot us an email for any reason at all, we'd love to hear from you. We are the Tape Store Podcast at gmail.com. But we, all, we always like to add that you know, ta- uh, Instagram is where we're uh, most yeah. active as far as having conversations and stuff. Yeah, we post to our stories and stuff. And, you know, we, we try to keep you guys updated as much as possible. And, and we like to, to hang out with y'all. So please yeah. go give us a follow, hit us up, you know, tag us in your stuff. If you go thrifting, you know, we'd love to see what you get. Tag us because we're big thrifters over here. Yes, definitely. So yeah, just just you know, never never hesitate to 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 reach out to us. Yep, definitely. And uh, leave us a rating if you get a chance. Yes, know. means a lot. It uh, you know if, if you if you like what you hear and you leave us a rating, it will let other people that are like you and like us maybe uh, tune in. Yep. So, good night, everyone.
uh, enjoy this uh, fall weather that's slowly but surely coming in. It was a little warm today, which sucked, but uh, <laughs> right. the nights are getting cooler. Yes, uh, we hope you're enjoying your spooky season. The, the leaves are managing to fall somehow. Uh, and, yeah, as we get into, get closer and closer to Halloween. Where, and then, are, we, where are we going? And then we'll be two years, two-year anniversary. Oh, my so gosh, be exciting. Yeah. Uh, so as we approach that, yeah, we hope you guys are taking care of yourselves, uh, being good to each other, and uh, we are going to say good night. Mm-hmm. And until next week, which we will definitely be back next week, um, however we have to do it, um, no matter how late or how hard we have to work to make that time happen, <laughs> but uh, we will be there to bring you uh, some great 80s and 90s nostalgia here at the Tape Store Podcast. And until next week, uh, this is Toby. And this is Brooke. Bye, guys. Take care.